my name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in, like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault. But don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. The day has come. The appointed time has arrived. <laughs> Two appointed times have arrived. We have the premiere of A Mother's Ruin. <laughs> and how does it go? A Mother's Ruin. And then there's like a second part of it. But anyway, A Mother's <laughs> Ruin, the beautiful documentary put together by Harry. Uh, premieres today, so check that out. Mother's Ruin, Unmasking the Wimscog. Unmasking. I thought it was answering the Wimscog, but yeah. Unmasking the Wimscog premieres today. Check it out. We have Corey with us, who did her wonderful interview with Great Light Studios. And she is a former member of the East Coast side and of the Wimscog. And she has a lot of interesting stories and a lot of good insight into how the Wimscog works. So today we're going to be speaking with Corey. She was baptized in 2010, like I said, in the, in the East Coast in Maryland. And during her time, she had her foot in many different aspects of the quote-unquote gospel work of the Wimscog. And so she's going to kind of share all the different sides that, that she experienced. Hi, Corey. Thank you for coming. Hi. I'm so happy to finally be here. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Um, Corey, when did you leave? I left actually really recently. Yeah, May of this year. Uh, my last service was Pentecost. Wow. Yeah, I was sitting there and I was like, oh gosh, I know what this feast is supposed to be like, you know, like rekindling or whatever, you know, now you have the Holy Spirit and go out and preach. And I was like, I don't want to do any of that. They're probably going to hear this and be like, see, you shouldn't have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but whatever, I, I left after that. You know, I, okay, when I hear you talk, you do that often where you go, I know they're going to say this or this mm -hmm. I love that because mm -hmm. people that have never been in a cult mm -hmm. you know that's why we have this podcast and that's why I think it's important for us to speak out because people that were never in a cult don't know what it's like to think 
the way that they think, the way that we thought. So anyway, side note, I just love when you do that. So yeah, because I just, you know, I mean, we were really in there. So it's like, you know, exactly how they're going to say how they're going to listen to this and scrutinize it and tear it up and give you all of the things like, they'll be like, look, she, she didn't study. That's why or or she didn't bear fruit. That's why. Or, or she never had faith in the first she, place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the worst one. That's the worst one. Just a side note for everybody. If you hear some weird rustling on my end, it is my dog, Joe Pesci. He is a baby. <laughs> and he's like, just acting a fool over here. So I'm sorry. <laughs> so cute. Totally fine. We get interrupted by dogs and kids and all kinds of things. No. huh? Yeah. Okay. So. All right. So you're in the East Coast. Let's paint the picture. How old are you? Um, when I started or now? Yeah, when you started. Um, I now. was okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, how rude. I was, we'll do. I mean, the math. Let's let's math. Um, so I was introduced to the church when I was 19, um, and it took me a while to actually join or to actually show up. So by the time I actually was baptized, I was 20, and then, like I said, I left May of this year, so it was 13 years. Wow, wow, wow. Um, yeah. And so uh, as everybody knows, Corey did an amazing two-part interview with Anthony and Jordan with Great Light Studios. And so um, we really encourage you to watch all of those episodes. They were really insightful, really, really emotional. And for me personally, they triggered a lot of memories that I had forgotten about. Mm. So I was really thankful to you for that. And also triggered, so thanks for that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> trigger warning. <laughs> no, we trigger people all the time, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we don't mean to. We just, but it's important for us to, uh, you know, talk about all these things. Okay, so today I really want to ask you about your time. If you can explain to us what the We Love You Foundation is, and can we dig into that because I've been curious about that. Yes. I would love to. Um, I think a lot of people are. Um, <clears throat> so we love you. I guess I'll start from the beginning. Um, I think I personally didn't have a clue what we love you was for a couple years into the church. Um, I'm not sure about um, your experience, but like we just didn't, I just never heard of it. We always did the like, we love you, we love you, the little, you know, thing little chant that we always have to do um we always did that like in the church and at events and like for photos but I had no idea what it really meant I thought it was just some cutesy little thing that we were doing and then I remember at some point probably like two or three years in honestly we were maybe no maybe like a year and a half or two where we just got this message one day and John Casas who was my church leader at the time just announces you know we're having an event this Sunday and we're going to go clean up a park or whatever. And we're all like, okay, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're all just going to do it. And you got to get these shirts. They have, we love you on them. And we're like, okay, you know, we don't, <laughs> whatever. But we don't really know what it is or what we're doing or what we're participating in. We're just given these new set of shirts. Before that, before mm -hmm. you did your first, you know, cleanup or whatever, had you ever heard of the church doing any volunteer activities before that? Yeah, as a church, we did one back, I think I still have the t-shirt. Oh my God, that's like an artifact, like the original, <laughs> like old, it was like a navy blue polo 
dark navy blue with the old butterfly logo. Um, and we did it. It was like a church cleanup in Baltimore somewhere for us. And it was like in preparation for the Passover because they always like to do like a bunch of publicity, like to kind of get people paying attention to the Passover in some way. And that was the first time we ever went to go clean up anything. Um, but it to me, it was for Passover. Like it was to promote the Passover in some kind of weird way. Um, and I remember even at the time having, I look back and I have some cognitive dissonance because I was like, well, the world's ending. Why are we cleaning up the park for a Passover? Like, why don't we, but you know, you just, you're lost in the sauce, as I say now. <laughs> so you just say amen and you go and you put on your smiles and, and that's it. But before that, like community service as a church, it was introduced slowly in my personal experience where it started off as like, we didn't do any of that because the world's ending, like just the same mentality that I was just explaining. Um, That was my experience too, is that we were, we were not going to waste time on the earth. What's the point? It's going to be destroyed and it's sinful and it's worldly. Mm -hmm. And the whole people are homeless for a reason and the people struggling are struggling for a reason. So Mm -hmm. we don't really need to help them. So then it was sort of slowly introduced Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, I just, I was just curious it if you does. were. It's weird. Different. Yeah. Because you, you, I feel, I personally feel like that's another form of gaslighting <laughs> because they slowly introduced this whole new culture in the church. Like now community service and, and all those like cleanups and all this stuff is like a huge part of the church. Now it is like, it's everywhere. Whereas back in 2010 through 2012, 13, maybe even 14, it wasn't like we were against it back when I was baptized. Like it was like a totally different attitude towards the planet. And, you know, I look at, (laughs) I look at some of the stuff now and I'm just like, this is all just a way to make them look better and to appear like different on the outside than what they actually are. Because I can guarantee you, they do not care about the planet. They don't care about these events that they're doing. And I can speak like that because I actually ended up I'm fast forwarding, but I worked, I was employed at the International We Love You Foundation and all of our events, like they're meticulously chosen and crafted in order to gain good publicity. There's either, you have to have PR there. We have an entire PR team, a PR rep team. Um, Each event is very highly organized and in a way to make sure you're garnering good publicity or recognition or an award. An award is like the biggest thing. It's like, (laughs) I just want to collect awards like in this obsessive way. In my personal experience, I feel that the WMSCOG is so image obsessed to any degree that you want to think about it. The way people look, the way they look, the way people view them. That's why they freak out when people come out and say things because it's, it's attacking their ego and the the core narcissistic trait of the entire organization. So yeah, the, the, that's the long winded answer that, yeah, at the beginning, no, we, we didn't care about the planet. They still don't, but it looks like they do. So yeah, it definitely was introduced to us slowly. Um, And my first, we love you event didn't have a clue what it was, didn't know what we were doing. And then slowly again, you're introduced to the fact, oh, there's this organization, Heavenly Mother runs this nonprofit so that she can, you know, also show, you know, the Gentiles, you know, how she's 
living the life of a Christian, Christ-like, blah, blah, blah. You know, she is not out there <laughs> cleaning up the planet. They, they throw her in front of a couple pictures like 20 years ago. And then they put that on the website and say that she's out there. She's coming to these parks and whatever. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> she's going to feed the elderly and like, yeah, wash yeah. their feet and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they have like they do have like in the old like if you go on the international Korean uh, we love you website in their archives you can see like some pictures of her um, with these older people and doing all those things with like the disabled children and even when you're looking at it like as a back when I was a church member I was like I thought like disabled people like the church's view on disabled people and even the elderly back then. Uh, you get confused but then you're like well she's god so she's showing the world that she's like a mother blah 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 and you don't know what to do with those thoughts you just kind of they just sit there (laughs) and marinate in your conscience like what okay yeah anyway mother wow beautiful but now you don't see any of those pictures she's not out there feeding the elderly watch now they're probably gonna (laughs) put some pictures out just so that they can say now she is the elderly she needs somebody to feed her (laughs) so when okay so i just do you know when the we love you foundation was actually started the international we love you foundation uh yeah so the oh let me just don't quote i feel like in 2001 it was it got its name or it was it because it used to be the international new life no no can you pause because i actually have yeah, this of course. yeah i'm on their website right now so like, according, according to their website it um, was created in the 90s, but officially in 2001, it was yeah. one. It was the We Love You Foundation. Yes, and they got all of their, um, they changed their names just like the church did. <laughs> so it was like new, it was like New Life Foundation, New Life Welfare Foundation at one point, and then it became um, the International We Love You Foundation eventually. Um, on their own website, after you were just saying they're very image-based, Mm-hmm. A whole little section where you can go look at all the awards that they want. Yeah. And you'll be shocked that they've got the President's Award. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because I myself was <laughs> the one that was putting that, like, like getting that ordered for us <laughs> at one point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did it. I sat there with the deacon that I was working with at the time. Um, but yeah, we sat there filling out the application online. Um and we would get it ordered to the church. And I remember me, even me and him were like, do the members know that this really doesn't mean anything? <laughs> like, oh, we were sitting there talking to each other. Like, this is kind of like, like, pe- like they, the way they make this award sound is that Barack Obama himself, like, signed this thing and sealed it with the president's seal, delivering this, like, epic, you know, seal of approval from the united states government that the we love you foundation is awesome and does all that no we filled it out like me and the deacon i we went online we filled out the application it's you get you basically we gave the award to ourselves that's exactly what it is so it's not as great as you think like i could probably go get that award with all the community service that i've done for the church and for the we love you foundation all I need is a certifying organization, which the church is a sort of praying organization, and they can give the awards themselves as the We Love You Foundation. It's all just a play. It's all just fake. Yeah, yeah. I remember oh. even me and him, we were sitting there and 
filling it out. And we were like, okay, we need one. We got one for like all these churches too. Like we'd, we'd get a bunch of copies and all this stuff. So everybody could have one hanging in their thing. Cause you could order them and then um, had them all delivered. I think there were still some up in the tech room when I actually ended up leaving New Windsor. And I remember we were sitting there having a conversation and both of us were like, do they know this thing is just kind of like fake? Like, it just, <laughs> like the way they present, like even me and him while we were in, cause it just, it felt weird. It felt wrong that we were sitting there doing it. And I look back and I'm like, I participated in it. I was the one doing it. Like I was sitting there filling out. I mean, I'm sure they've changed the passwords now, but I had all the passwords. Like I was like, well, let me just go get us an award. Let me get one for John Gilja. Let me get one for the church. You know, like it was just. I have a question that just I did, have never really thought about. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a percentage of people who really do volunteer for We Love You that are not Wimscog members? No, I mean, there have been like a very few, and that's when somebody is like inviting their coworker. Or invite. It's a small amount. People do come, like at the walkathon that we were encouraged because the whole purpose is also recruiting. So yes, there are people that will show up. Not very, not as many as you would think, um, but they absolutely use it. Like you're encouraged to, you know, invite your coworker, invite your boss, whatever. But you have strict instructions not to act like you're a Church of God member. Yes. Oh, let me speak on that, Tony. Yes. Okay, so I actually have some old memos that I wrote myself that so I would draft up the memos and I would send them to Rebecca Parker, who is the lead female missionary in New Windsor and also kind of like pastors. I always say this as like a secular way to explain it. She's kind of like his executive assistant, if that makes sense, like his helper in whatever way. So anyway, I would um, draft up all the memos and all this other stuff and then she would send it from her to all the overseers um like about events and stuff so i have some old memos that were like explicit instructions like actually the one on the examining site this was funny when i first when i came out and i finally went online to look at things um for the first time i went on to that we love you page on the examining site and i saw she posted a memo and i was like oh my god i wrote that That's like I drafted that. Like I drafted that. And so when you go on there, you can see all these things like do not say God bless you. Do not use titles. Do not call me. Don't say pastor. Don't say missionary. Don't say deaconess, deacon, brother, sister. None of that. You have to completely, you have to completely separate it when you go to these events. And then um, the deacon that I worked with um, at We Love You eventually, because for about a year or so I worked alone and then they added him on. So he was also an employee. But when we worked together, we created an entire PowerPoint, um, an education where we would go traveling around the churches of the East Coast, giving an education to all the members in the churches, what we love you is, how to act, how to separate it, basically coaching them exactly on the topic that we're talking about. So we'd be there and be like, this is what we love you is. These are our programs. This is how you sign up for the newsletter. This is how you go in and give your monthly donation. You have to donate here now, not in the church, because we used to collect donations in the church for we love you like cash donations but now because you know you have to have it legitimate so then you had to teach them now you have to go on the website like it was constant at one point like we'd have these um we what's up with we love you i forget what the little name was but even eventually another deaconess would go on 
every sat every other Saturday Sabbath, like at the end of the Sabbath, and Zoom with all the churches on the East Coast and explain what's new with We Love You. What's new with We Love You? I think that's what it was. And she'd come on and explain, this is what we're doing. This is, we need donations for this. Go onto the website, donate here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Tony. Is that, what year is that happening? That was more recent. That was like um, 2019 on. Wow. Maybe later, later, wow. very, very recent. But when, uh, before the pandemic, the deacon and I, we would literally travel from he, him more so than me, but I would go to a couple of them. Um, where we would go and we'd give these educations on on those things. Like now you have to donate here. This is where you give your monthly contribution. These are our upcoming events. And let's talk about the difference between We Love You and Church of God. And we'd have this whole section about don't act weird. <laughs> don't talk. You know, like we were like, like telling them, like, just act normal. Don't say titles. Don't know God bless you's. Don't in the middle of an event, because this was another one that was super weird and cringy when we first started. Um, we <laughs> like you'd be in the middle of a cleanup, right, for a We Love You event. And you'd have all these like outsider people because there would be outsider people there, like maybe the other event organizers that you're working with at the park or the city official that is completely doesn't know what they're involved in <laughs> is there. And then all of a sudden it's 10 a.m or it's 2.30, or it's 3, whatever the prayer time is, and everyone just gets mad weird and silently starts praying. <laughs> like, everybody just drops what they're doing and starts this weird mass prayer, and it was so weird and cringy. I'm sure you guys have had experiences with that and <laughs> remember that, and so we were actively, like, going and educating the members, like, don't do that. Just pray in your mind, and then it was, then we changed it. Oh my it. God. Do you remember when the sisters didn't know if they had to bring their veils? The veil, yes. Yeah. They would, so you would like be at McDonald's or something and they'd like try to put like, on their veil <laughs> to <laughs> prayer time? Oh my God, I forgot about how awkward that is at prayer yeah, time. So yes. Yeah. So then we were, we, we changed that. That was me and him going around, like changing the culture, making people try to appear changing god's appointed prayer times I'm i mean yeah just do it in your mind you know i remember even though at the beginning because i was so um i really like i stress on here even though people in the comments they show up in the comments on the youtube channel like like you you left because you were tempted and you went online and blah 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 and i'm like no actually you didn't listen to anything i said i did not ever go online and I did not leave because of the doctrine. I really was obsessively in the doctrine. That's the only reason why I stayed was the doctrine for so long. Um, that's the only reason anybody would stay really to put up with that treatment is because you believe in what you're you're involved in. So I was, and I remember even when I was young and it was awkward and cringy when we'd stop and pray and have veils out and stuff. But in my mind, I was like, but this is what we believe, who cares? Like. Like whatever, let's like if we if this is what I believe, and this is the prayer time, I don't care who you are. <laughs> like I'm gonna pray to God. I'm gonna put my veil on because that's the command. But then they switch it, and they're like, no, no, don't put your veils on in public because people they look at us weird again with the image obsession. And so then you're like, okay, I mean, I guess they said it's all right, it's fine. But my original thought, personally, this is me personally, Corey's thought, which they're gonna be like, see, her thoughts are not God's thoughts. <laughs> Sorry. But <laughs> but my personal thought was like, screw that. I'm going to pray, you know, <laughs> let me pray. But 
I mean, Muslims, you know, they will pull their mat out and pray wherever. Who cares? They just know that's their religion. Why couldn't we do that and just own what we were believing in? Like, just be straight up and own it. Same thing with the We Love You Foundation. Like, if they would just come out and be like, yeah, <laughs> we're with the Church of God. A lot of churches do their own nonprofit organizations. The fact is what they're doing, their organization, what the purpose is behind We Love You, that's why they they are trying to be sneaky about it because they know they don't really care. They know that they're doing shady things. They know they're doing it for publicity. They know they're doing it for awards and recognition. So naturally, they're not just going to come out and just be like, yeah, we're with a church and we just love the planet and God's creation and da da da. Like you could easily just be straight up and honest and you wouldn't get as much public backlash. <laughs> Watch, they're probably going to do this now. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea, Corey. You should have listened to me when I was there. It's like, I'm kidding. So the other thing is like, the biggest thing when we actually started We Love You, the whole the whole spiel of it was, this is the, at least on the East Coast, why we went to great lengths on the East Coast was because the main number one goal was to get John Gilja nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. And that's ridiculous. That's insane. <laughs> Like the Nobel Prize Committee is going to nominate a cult leader, but I digress. But that was the main thing. Like we would have, I remember in admin, we would have these meetings together and talk about what is the Nobel Peace Prize? How can we get her awarded? She has to be nominated by a laureate, first of all. So, you know, like a, like a previous, like a winner of a Nobel Prize. And so the whole point is to garnish enough attention and enough, you know, things to present as, as, somebody who could possibly win the Nobel Peace Prize because that would be like the ultimate, you know, that's their main agenda is to get the biggest awards, the biggest everything from a worldly, you know, quote unquote perspective so that they can show that. And um, I remember being at the time being like, like, I don't, I know I'm not unfaithful. Like I believe this, right. But Nobel Peace Prize, like, okay. <laughs> Just have these moments where I was like, okay well anyway yeah amen let's try you know let's try whatever well let's try so we worked our butts off trying to like so the whole point is making is all this money in the nonprofit so you can have bigger events he genuinely would always push these massive events to get more publicity so he wanted to have an event at the un in one of the general assembly halls which you just can't rent out the general assembly hall because that's for like the United Nations to come and talk about real problems, not to promote your cult and your cult leader. <laughs> so we'd have to get all this money so that we could do these big, huge events. And that's the whole purpose is to get this woman more awards. Like that is literally the purpose. And every event has to support that narrative. Like every event, even the lower level events, they have to somehow get you, that have to be a stepping point to that. Yeah, go ahead, Tony. Do you think the UN and politicians know that they are being targeted by, because our cult was not the only one doing this, mm -hmm. you know, they're probably all doing this. Do you think they know? Well, they should, I they should be aware. The, well, so uh, I think, so the UNDGC, right? That is, we love you's favorite thing to like slap on their website that we are accredited by the UNDGC. We are an NGO, you know, we're certified because they are, they got, I helped in that. <laughs> um, but they is like that difficult to get because that seems yeah. like it should be difficult to get. No, not really. You just fill out an application, you go do um, 
some kind of little interview. They they don't they they there's tons of religious groups in the in the um, UNDGC group of nonprofits. The We Love You Foundation is not the only culty group in there, and I think they're very aware. Um, I don't think they care because it's part of their initiative. That's my personal opinion because I've met the representative there um, at the time, and I'm I'm not sure if he still works there. Um, but he knew we were part of the Church of God. Like he just knew. Like he kind of oh. knew. So I don't know. Do you if have to pay a fee to 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 get that? I don't think so, and I don't remember to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm um, just curious. Yeah, yeah. I I can look it up, but that's my other thing too. Personally, is I'm gonna be telling people about it. Like, if they didn't, if they're not aware, I'm gonna make them aware, and then do with that what you want. If that's what you want right. to do, if that's what you want to do. Endorse these types of groups, then by all means, put that in the group of the United Nations. Their other thing is they that that's another obsession is for them to like infiltrate the UN. They have, I think she's a deaconess now. She works there. Um, they have this little weird Bible study group that's part of the UN and like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the image obsession of the UN, which I also found was wild because remember um, where we'd hear like something about how An Sang Hong said the war was going to start with the UN or whatever. Remember yes, that? They that, said that like, the UN would declare war from North Korea. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I remember when we got all this this weird hyper fixation on the UN, I was like, aren't they the bad guys? Like, I feel like I remember don't you, this. Don't you always kind of feel like you're writing the coattails of a prophecy? You don't really know what it is, but you're like, <laughs> if they say mother's going to get a Nobel Peace Prize, then that must be part of the plan. And so as crazy as it is, I'm going to go with it. Yes. Yes. It's and always the same it's like- and I feel like you're probably like, well, this is probably part of the prophecy in some way. I don't know how, but I'm going to be part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, at the time, since I was so lost in the sauce, I just went along with all of it, even though you still have those moments of critical thinking, thinking that just peek through like sun through the clouds, just peeking through like, hey, um, do you remember this? And then you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you try to just push it off because... <laughs> You're like, no, 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 this is prophecy. Amen. You know, you just, it's because weird. Because if you listen, your whole reality is going to come crumbling down and you're going to have to face so much shit. So you're just like, get off my back. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's why it takes people so long, I think, to kind of like deal with that. And some people just don't, you know, acknowledge that at all. Like at this point, can you imagine Daniel Lee facing okay maybe not Daniel Lee let's go down a little bit let's go to his executive assistant like Rebecca Parker could Mm -hmm. you imagine is she a missionary yeah she's a missionary yeah can you imagine her really coming face to face with the shit that she's done the things she said to people the breakage in her own family Mm -mm. you know it's really it's really heartbreaking when you think about it even though it's also disgusting behavior right yeah I know I think about that too and I it's sad because these people, even though I sp- I'm speaking out and I'm naming names and all that, I also want people to understand that that's not an easy thing for me to do. I really wish people would understand that. Like, I'm not out here, like, getting joy dragging people's names. I'm not. I love Rebecca. I have always loved Rebecca. But she, what she, just because you're abused doesn't mean it's okay for you to continue the abuse. And the only way that things can be brought to light is by doing this. I, I have no, ch- I have to do this. Like there's no, like the, I feel a moral set, like a, 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 mor- a sense of moral obligation to come out and say these things. And yes, I will name names so that things stop. 
I'm not saying that me coming on a podcast is going to destroy the World Mission Society Church of God. That's not even my intention, actually. Let people believe what, if you want to believe in a Korean, go believe in a Korean, right? <laughs> do what you want to do, it's, especially in America. Believe what you want to believe. I'm not here, even what they say, like, oh, she's out there dragging the members out. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not reaching out. I'm not telling them to leave. I'm not bringing up doctrine unless people ask me. Um, the only reason why I'm writing articles now is because people have asked me, like, hey, can you help me go through this and da-da-da? Yeah, sure. But the doctrine wasn't my issue. My thing is you got to stop treating people this way. The people that are the most faithful, that are carrying your church on their backs by their sacrifice, by their work, by their money, by their time, you can't treat people like that and expect to continue to get away with it. So that's the only reason why I feel obligated to name names. And unfortunately, that's how things have to go in order for things to change. That's how it goes with every other organization that's doing shady things and inappropriate things. When people come out and are whistleblowers, you can't, I'm, I'm doing that to offer validity to what I'm saying, right? <clears throat> um, despite what Rebecca might think now, I hope that one day she comes to a moment of clarity, but she's very, very, no, it's just like maybe one, I don't know. I don't know about her, but I can't speak on behalf of her, you know, but that's, I wanted people to know that just me coming on and naming names besides Daniel Lee, because I don't think he has an ounce of empathy in his body. <laughs> Obviously, it's a very difficult decision for me to come out and say names. Um, you know, this whole time we had the podcast, I didn't really say names. But then after listening to your interview, mm -hmm. I decided in our last episode to, you know, just say a few names in a certain situation that had happened. And I felt similar. Mm -hmm. It does heavy which is why yeah. i've never told before but these are leaders and especially if they're leaders i mean right. i won't name a member right. ever if they're right. a public figure you are you're fair game you're out there you put she put herself on the news <laughs> she put right. herself like i'm like what do you you know <laughs> because but, it right this is the same rebecca that was in the Today story yeah show right right Okay. Um, do you have any more questions about We Love You, Lindsay? Is there anything else? I have a question about the donations, about how much money was were they making off of those donations? And what were those donations being used for? Do you know? Um, so <clears throat> we would make, I don't know if I can, I'm going to add, I don't know if I can say a whole lot, but I mean, I guess you can, you can look it up. Um, the first year, I'd have to I'd have to look for sure, but it was a couple hundred thousand at one point just off donations. And There's those are donations mostly from church members. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, maybe not hundred percent, but okay. But in my in my experience, when we went to cleanups and stuff, mm -hmm. we had to bring bags, we had to bring gloves, we had to bring our own materials. So what was that donation used for? Was that your experience also? Yeah, at the beginning, yeah. And then when I came in. So when I started working for the foundation, so this was when it like, like was, they wanted it to be more official. And so when I came into work, I'm, basically Daniel Lee would tell me, make it successful, make it work, which in his point of view means make millions of dollars. Um, Cause he, I still think he doesn't know how a nonprofit works. Um, and he would compare me to Mary Ellis, who is the one that runs Big Shine, his other company. And um, sorry, I'm dropping tea right now, but <laughs> here we go. Um, but anyway, 
and he would compare me to her like she made look what she does with big shine look how great it is you need to do this with we love you like basically wanted me to be the mary ellis of we love you and i had no idea what a nonprofit was i didn't get to finish school because of y'all people so <laughs> you know so i had to research this all on my own so the biggest battle for me during that time was learning how a, a nonprofit works because from the get-go my position was not made clear to me at all it was just kind of like you're going to work for we love you you're going to go make it work what does that mean like basically build it from the ground up like organizing it making events making yes go ahead but were you connected to korea were you getting any direction from korea no, no had no. they already had the week but they already had it set up yes. there so you were starting a whole brand new one for america yes yeah basically wow. because he wants it to run the way he wants it so that it, he can have control of it if korea has control of it then he doesn't have control of it he's very controlling and were you also controlling say like denver la yeah. or were you just like the east coast part? just the east coast yeah we now which was the main part not yeah i'm not saying like jesse because the, you know the we love you really in America really was the East Coast. Yes, yeah. Throughout America, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, they had, they did have a couple other offices, like there are EIN numbers on the West Coast for We Love You. I don't know if they still exist, um, but there were, and that was one of our battles too. Like we can't have a bunch of different We Love Yous with a bunch of different ways of doing things because it's going to mess up the branding. It's going to come back and bite us. And I used to tell them that, like, I, I think I had a really big part in making it what it is now which is a little bit more legitimate, unfortunately, <laughs> because I started, unfortunately, not like for on the outside, because I was there learning how a nonprofit works. And then I'd go to the board and be like, we have to do this. We have to have, we have to be registered here. You can't collect donations in this state. You have to be, you have to have a certain documentation to be able to do that because they didn't, they didn't do any of that. They weren't doing any of that. Like I was like, we can't, we can't keep asking for donations in the church and then putting it towards we love you you can't do that like stuff like that um so and saying like okay we have to have a board we have to have this well they had a board before they just threw some elders on there but i'm like we have to have board meetings we have to do this legitimate if you want it to be legitimate and that was always the the struggle because we still can't function as a legitimate nonprofit, like real actual nonprofit work because it's not it's fully run by members and i'm after me there was a couple others employed and then if they don't follow exactly what the the board wants which when i say board that's daniel lee and all the overseers whoever they keep changing on there um <clears throat> then they get kicked out and somebody else comes in i think Is I know mostly korean would it be mostly korean men no mostly men but not korean men korean. so it was yeah okay. I think at my, when I was there, Daniel Lee was always the president, which is funny because usually you can't just continue being the president of a nonprofit on a board for years and years and years and years. Um, but anyway, he's the president. And then you'd have like John Casas, Paul Chaw, Ivan Rodriguez. Um, who else in there? R Rebecca Parker, she's always in there. Um, so it just kind of depended. And it's just interesting because when you look at the documentation, you'll see the same names in World Mission Society, Church of God, in We Love You, and in Big Shine. So, because Paul Cha and Daniel Lee are very much involved in <laughs> Big Shine. So, it's all connected. It's all, con it has nothing to do with being a nonprofit that actually is going out there and caring about what they're doing. And even, oh, the other thing, like one year, um, I've mentioned this in my YouTube video that we were given some 
asinine goal of making like millions of dollars. Like our whole purpose, the deacon and I that I worked with, um, which just that alone, it's a deacon of the church working with me in the church. We would work in the church. We would work upstairs. We had a We Love You office upstairs in New Windsor tech team area. We even painted it and put the We Love You whiteboard in there. And it was the We Love You room. Like anyone who worked on We Love You stuff would go in there to work on it. And it, like, <laughs> I yeah. love the We Love You whiteboard because that fucking yes. makes it so official. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was cute. Right. And then, um, you know, like we would, we worked really hard to legitimize the look of the website and the social media at one point. Oh, I see a dog. Sorry. <laughs> We're dog lovers on this channel, guys. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, we worked really hard. I did to make it into like I really did care about what I was doing and I remember even the deacon and I we were working together and we'd have these conversations like we're really sad that it like that, that we just don't care like meaning like we did me and him we cared like we wanted to do these projects we wanted to go out and um you naturally start you put all your effort and everything into something you care about it but the leadership they don't care like Denali's not out there cleaning Denali's not out there building a school he does not care. None of them care, you know, <clears throat> and it would it would really sit heavy with us because we'd be like, man, we would think in our mind. This is what we would say at the time when we were lost in the sauce. Like, what is this what Heavenly Mother wants? Like, is this this is her organization? Like, isn't she actually genuinely caring about people? How come it doesn't feel like that? And we love you. And we would constantly talk like that and constantly like like have these moments where we would be like, man, it's sad that why can't we do this event? Because it's not going to get an award. All right, next one. Like we'd literally have to sift through because it's not good enough. It's not up to the standard that's going to help support the image of the church and blah, blah, blah. And um, we would have those moments and it's just, it is kind of sad because, and when we were given those, just to circle back, when we were given those goals of, millions of dollars going to approach companies. That's what he wanted us to do was go in and as business development, that's what we were called to go into these companies and ask for millions of dollars in donations or, or um, sponsorships. And we would constantly go into those board meetings with him and the overseers fighting, basically trying to be like, okay, but you can't just walk into a, you can't just walk into Verizon corporation and be like, give us a million dollars because we love you. We're we love you. <laughs> you know, you have to have a program. You have to have something legitimate. And I, so then we started trying to talk to him in business terms. Like maybe he'll understand if you throw it in like big shine. You have to have a product to sell. In this case, our products are our programs, but we don't have programs. All you have is an idea, right? Like this concept of what we love you is. What is a program? There are no programs. It's just we go out and we do cleanups for some awards with some mayors. <laughs> so we'd be like, you have to have a program. You have to have a legitimate thing to sell and to offer. And then when you ask for sponsorship, you have to have a detailed sponsorship package with like where exactly this money is going to be able to provide receipts and to have constant communication with these people of what you're doing with that million dollars that they gave you. They're not just going to be like, yeah, here you go, Mr. Lee. 
here's a check for a million dollars. Have fun cleaning up the world. That doesn't work that way. <laughs> like, and we were constantly trying to go in there and tell this group of grown men who none of them have educations because they've been grown up in a cult their whole life, what a nonprofit <laughs> is. And it's like, it was like trying to baptize a cat. And then we're kind of, we're constantly getting, getting rebuked. Like it's our fault. Everything is our fault. And me and that deacon would get ripped and like, everything is, everything is bad because of you. What are you doing? And then he, you know, tell me, then that's when he started, like, all you do is sit in there and eat and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Sorry. I don't know if you can bleep that out, but like what, like what it was like, it was the most psychologically like back and forth. It felt like a tornado. I would go in and out of those board meetings so dizzy with, I have no when idea. When did these board meetings happen? Are these late at night or? Yeah, late at night and in the church in Daniel Lee's office. So we'd have, we had like two in the We Love You office, but that's too far for everyone, you know, and that's inconvenient for Daniel Lee. So we would have them in his office in his, at his conference table um and uh it, it was late always late at night and it would be it, I mean you can imagine right I'm just a sister in the church and I never had an official title I never had anything like that but I was very much doing the work of probably a missionary and um you're going in there in a room full of overseers men basically trying to tell them in a very nice way you don't know what you're doing like, I'm looking this up. This is what you have to do. Like, I got these outside, like a third party um, company that was like help, supposed to help you with your nonprofit, like how to get things settled. And I was like, we got to use this because we don't know what we're, you know, <laughs> but I'd gone, I'd get rebuked. I, I don't, I can't tell, I can't even count how many times I would get rebuked. And then on the other hand, I had a, the core group of people before me hated me in the church. There were two deaconesses and the deacon that ended up working with me later. But um, in the uh, in the beginning, before like my first year working at We Love You, they hated me. So on top of all of this, I was getting like, like blindsided constantly by these three that would go to Daniel Lee and report on me and tell him I was doing stuff that I wasn't doing. And they were, it was like, they is like they wanted me to fail and they wanted me to get kicked out and they want they were jealous they were so jealous because they were the multimedia they were the tech team at the time before everything grew and then here i am this sister from maryland just coming in and taking over this huge blessing but i was put there i didn't ask for it <laughs> but they hated me and they would they would go and have meetings without telling me they'd go ask daniel lee for things um, to get his approval on things. And then they just wouldn't tell me. So I'd be like sitting there trying to make something work and be like, well, what, what's going on? Oh, well, pastor already approved this. So you don't need to do it. Like nasty, just nasty, toxic environment. They were awful to me. And I would leave the church every night, just bawling because I'm like, they hate me. Like maybe I should, like they hated me. And then it wasn't until there was finally a moment where I, had a, a moment in his office where I was like, they hate me. I'll just leave. You know, like <laughs> we had like a confrontation about it. it was awful. And he finally had them back off. And eventually I, I felt like I had to pretty much beg for their approval as quote unquote friends. Like I had to make them like me <laughs> in order to like not be miserable. And eventually we kind of got close 
to an extent. I don't know how to explain that. Like it went from them hating me to them liking me. Deacon and I um, ended up being really close. He apologized to me when he started working. Like, oh my God, I didn't realize what this was. This is so awful. This is toxic. Like even he, um, he has a lot of issues with how things were working there. Um, So it's the environment, even itself on the inside, it's just not, it's called we love you, but it feels like a lot of hate. (laughs) I know. Isn't that fucking wild? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I've always been curious about somebody who actually works for We Love You or Big Shine or something. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that work? Do you actually like clock in and out? How do you, do no. they pay you? Mm-hmm. Do you have a certain amount of hours yeah. you're supposed to work? How does that work? So you get paid hourly. Um, there's no clock in and clock out. You just get paid for the 40 hours. Um, and it was like something like $16 an hour or something okay. um, with no benefits. Uh, no and do you think you were working more than 40 hours? Absolutely. Tony, come yeah. on now. Yeah. <laughs> Just had to ask. You're working yeah. like, how many hours are in a week? That's how many hours you were working. Yeah, basically. Yeah, because like even on the Sabbath, I'm sitting there working. Like, I don't, like there was never any time where I was not working. And no, I was never paid for that ever. And it was, it wasn't enough for me to live on 16 hours. $16 an hour is not enough. Um especially for the amount of work that I was doing. And um, yeah, it was, it was really rough because I was also in a lot of debt still am because of the church. Um, So there, there were times when, even though my rent was barely nothing, I could still barely pay it. Like I had to pawn my wedding ring one point at one time to be able to pay rent, which it sounds bad, but side, I mean, obviously I didn't really care that much because it was an arranged marriage to that guy, but, (laughs) but just, yeah, but just so you can understand, like, even on my pay, like, I shouldn't be having to pawn my jewelry to pay rent, you know, <clears throat> and then not having any benefits or health insurance. That was really rough. Were um, you making donations to the We Love You Foundation personally? Yes, of course. Yes, you were. Yeah. So it's a donation. And you can't. So the members are giving a donation to We Love You Foundation, and they're also tithing. And yes. they're also, you know, doing all the other church work and. <clears throat> Yeah. And I would feel that was another thing I would feel. I mean, I'd get a guilt trip from Daniel Lee, like, um, like one point he would say, like when I was struggling financially, he's like, you want, you want to ask the members for more money because their donations are going for your, your pay. Like, so you would feel so guilty, like (laughs) to even bring up that topic because the donations, yes, some of their donations are, they're going towards my paycheck because I work there. And so I would feel this overwhelming sense of guilt and like shame for even asking because, oh my God, I'm at, I'm literally living off donations of members. That's how it made, that's how you made me feel. Um, so it was just, and an you awful. know, those members are struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I know that they're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like this cycle of like, oh God, it was, it was awful. So I never wanted to ask for more money. Um, it's a whole cycle of poverty and and so that you're yeah so that you're absolutely 100% reliant on your situation in the church you know so John Costas actually did get him to allow me to have like gas money at one point 
which I was really grateful for at the time. He walked in on me once um, and I was eating a can of beans <laughs> at my desk. And um, he saw that and he's like, Corey, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just eating lunch. He's like, why are you eating beans? And I was like, missionary. He was a missionary at the time. I was like, I can't afford anything else. Sorry. And uh, he, he helped um, allow me to have some, um, some gas money to get to the office because at the time, Daniel Lee wouldn't let me work from New Windsor. He would make me work from New Jersey, which was, I had to go, it was like, it was a really long drive and the gas and tolls and all this stuff. And then it just was so, it was so bad. So, um, yeah, so it was just, it was just rough. It's you know? so stressful. Yeah. That kind of financial burden is so stressful. It really is. And and you're sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many factors that, you know, people are always like, why don't you leave a cult? Well, let me give you a fucking list of reasons why <laughs> we are stuck there. Right. You know, and it's all, it's all done on purpose. So it's infuriating. Yeah. yeah. You've yeah. really given me a, a better picture of what the We Love You Foundation is like. How about you, yeah. Lindsay? Yeah. Yeah. As you were, as you were explaining it, you said, um, I was trying to think like they use the donation money to pay your guys's paychecks. Yeah. Then, then you said it like you like answered my question while I was like, well, that is so crazy. Like, why are they doing that? And you said it, it keeps you in a position where your your all of your income is coming from the same circle. Yeah. And why the hell can't you work from the place that's closest to your house? That is so annoying. They would do that shit to us too in Denver. So we would have, I have a church that's literally five minutes from my house, but I would have to drive 45 minutes to the church in Denver. And Mm -hmm. I was pregnant at the time. I'm like, why are you doing that? So finally I didn't do that. And I went to the one in Northland and then I got rebuked. Oh, your faith (laughs) is so little. You only care about physical things. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm nine months pregnant. I'm tired. I don't need to drive to Denver at 5 a.m. in the morning when I can just go. I I remember about our safety, about anything. Yeah. No, they don't. It's all about making, it's all about control and making your life as difficult as possible so that you are not any, you don't have any kind of like comfort or happy happiness, because if you're too comfortable, they see that as like a sign of like, you know, your faith is stagnant. <laughs> you have they'll to have, say that. they'll even say a comfortable yeah. life is, is Satan's trap because yes. then you think that you're safe, that you don't need father or mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't That's ever right. want to feel comfortable. Right. So the more uncomfortable you are, the better. It's just, it's wild. And I wanted to bring, there was something else I wanted to bring up about We Love You. That whole situation that I met, that I spoke about on Great Light Studios, um, about the, like, the fat shaming and everything, that happened while I was working at We Love You. We had gone to the UN for a meeting. So if you, if you look at it from a law standpoint, right, um, but it was gender discrimination. It was disability discrimination because Daniel Lee was my boss and he did that <laughs> while I was working as his, as his employee. He did that to me 
publicly humiliated me in front of an entire church. And then he allowed he the same this the same deacon that I worked with, he was allowed to go to Korea during that trip. Just for a recap of people, basically what happened, I'll say it really quick. Um, you can hear the full story on the Great Life Studios um, video, but um, basically I was we were at a we, uh, UN meeting for the UNDGC for a We Love You thing. And when we left, we were in a van and Danny Lee was announcing this trip to Korea specifically for We Love You. And um, he said, there's going to be this trip. It's going to be all for a We Love You event. And we were all like, wow, amazing. That's great. And then he said, and so-and-so are going to go. The two, the deacon and the deaconess that I worked with, the one deacon was an actual employee paid just like me. And the deaconess was not, she had her own job, but she equally worked like us on the we love you stuff and I was like wow that's great and he's like but you know why you're not going and I was like no pastor you know and he said because you're too fat you're gonna go and bring shame to the east coast with your picture if you're gonna show up in the pictures how can I send you look at you look at what you look like like just shaming me in in front of them and in front of everybody in the van and it was very traumatic and then when we went to um Flushing Zion a church in in Queens uh, for dinner, he did it again, but this time in front of the entire church. And he, at the time, he let the deacon go. And the deacon was my coworker. So we both were working for, so if you look at it from an employer standpoint, you are discriminating against me. Why? Because I'm big in your point of view and because I'm a female, because you let the big male go and the male was bigger than me. <laughs> So I didn't understand what, why I was being targeted just because I'm a female. Like what's the, what's the angle here? And also I have a disability. Like I'm diagnosed with fibromyalgia because of the stress induced from this entire thing. So, and even being overweight a certain amount of time is a disability in the state of New Jersey. So he broke a couple laws there. Um, and I was an employee at the time and he was my boss. So these are the reasons why I'm bringing these up, bringing this up so that people can understand the type of toxic work environment and just environment in general in the background. You get to see this pretty colorful website and this pretty colorful Instagram and these pretty beautiful pictures and videos, but on the inside, it is nothing. It is ugly. It is an ugly, ugly environment and it's they treat people like garbage and they don't care about the planet and they don't care about any of the events they're doing. They just want your name and they want your support and they want your award. And it's just, it's just sad and it's gross. And it's, and the other thing is they play these such these petty games on Instagram. Like if anybody comments a negative comment on their Instagram post on We Love You, you will get blocked. Your comment will get deleted and you will get blocked. And because they, they only accept good comments, anything that's like, wow, this, ama- this is this organization is amazing. We love you. Wow. <laughs> you know? Well, all glory to the chairwoman. <laughs> Maybe that comment will get deleted because they don't want it to look like churchy. Right. Um, but they're all church members commenting the good comments. Yeah, I could literally do a side by side and show you who's who. Like the other day. So we started there. I posted a comment. You know, I posted something about some event that's supposed to happen today, actually, in Boston. And I, I could tell they were all scrambling because I know they have a group me and I know they have like, <laughs> like I just know how they work. And they're probably like, oh, crap, Corey, this Lander is out there posting comments. 
<laughs> everybody hurry up and comment to push hers to the end. So that's exactly what they did. And I knew they were going to do it. So I see like, oh, look, deaconess so-and-so, missionary so-and-so, brother so-and-so, deacon so-and-so, all just posting comments at, like on, and I'm like, this. you guys realize that makes you look worse. Because then what they did was they went through all of my followers on all of my accounts and blocked everybody. Like just petty child. Like, and you think that people can't see your Instagram just by blocking you. That's that that's not the case. Like you can still look at someone's Instagram. Even was if this you, happening on the Holy Sabbath day? No, actually it was happening on the Holy Preparation Day. Holy Preparation Day. Don't they have stuff to do? Don't they? Yeah, have they do. They have they should have stuff. They should be cleaning the church and like preparing their minds and hearts for the Sabbath. Not on Instagram, not on social media, not on the internet and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which by the way, I saw a couple of those members who had commented went and looked at my stories on my spotlight account. So y'all, I could blast you too, but I won't. <laughs> but I know y'all are looking at Dipping their toe in the Garden of Eden. Not just dipping their toes in there. Like, God, it's so, it, when you take a step back and you look at it, it's so childish. Like, I'm, I'm shocked because when I was in there, nobody, especially a deacon, deaconess, would never be allowed to have an Instagram or a Facebook. Listen, account. you know what's funny, Tony? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but what's really no, funny is this deacon that posted, that commented, and I'm like, this fool doesn't even know how to use social media because he's in there tagging, <laughs> tagging words. So like he said, hey, at state, at representative, so-and-so, <laughs> great event tomorrow. And I'm like, dude, get the hell off of social media. You don't even know what, you don't even know how to tag people. You never been on here before. You don't know what social media is. Go back and be a cult leader. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm like, sure. I'm like, you guys, like, like, and I know them personally, and I wish I could just, we could sit down and then we could have a, like, just like, this is funny. Face to face. Yeah, right. like, dude, come on. Like, you realize you look, you're making yourselves look worse. Like, you look ridiculous doing this because you're doing exactly what I know you are going to do. And I, I said, don't think that they're back there. They're like, we're getting them, father, mother, helping us. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they're probably out there fasting and praying in tears and just because of my comment and I'm like guys it's not that serious like just oh it's so it's just it's it oh, it's so frustrating but you know and I and I'm like and I feel bad because I know that me post like I I still want to stress that like me doing this is not like an easy thing I don't want people to think that I'm just out here like this is so easy I know these people I worked with them side by side and seeing their names pop up and knowing that my comments are probably making them lose their minds is not a pleasant experience. Like I know them. I'm not trying to attack them. I'm not, I don't have any beef with the members, right? It's not their fault. They're victims too. And so this is not an easy thing for me to know that I'm just like, I completely derailed their Friday <laughs> just by some comment, but they had late night meetings. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I, and I, I thought about posting some more stuff yesterday, but I was like, eh, I let them rest on the Sorry, but I really <laughs> humor keeps me sane. So That's I don't great. mean to, I, I don't mean to that. sound like you know. My whole thing is like I had a purpose in why I posted that. All I wanted was to bring awareness. Hey, you know, so and so, community council members. I just want you to know you should look into this. That's all. It was about a coat drive, right? Which I we talked about in our podcast about all the coats that got thrown away in the trash. Yeah, I actually I used this with my own eyeballs. I saw the coats in the trash. So I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. Why would anybody ever want to do a coat drive with these people ever again? 
yeah. or, or any kind of, you know, I know. obviously I know. they don't know. And the same thing would happen in New Windsor. I mean, it, that has happened so many times where they just don't deliver it because it's like food drives. We had so much food that the members just ate. And, you know, it was kind of funny because we're like, we are kind of homeless and starving. So it did go to the good cause. Yeah, like at least somebody got a coat in Denver, right? Somebody yeah. probably needed a coat. So, totally. yeah, so at least, you know, some of it went somewhere to somebody in need because we're all. It went to a cult member. It went yeah. to a cult survivor. So thanks for that. All right, this is where we leave you today. Thank you, Corey, for sharing all of that great information about the We Love You Foundation. And next time, we want you guys to stay tuned. We're going to be talking more about the We Love You Foundation and also more about discrimination inside of the Wimscog. Did you guys check out the Great Light Studios interview yet with Corey? Go check it out and come back soon. We're going to also be answering some of the questions that were in the Great Light Studio comments um, at the end of this interview with Corey. So go check it out and we'll see you next time. Boom. Bye-bye.